talk a little bit today about a name that lasts forever. A name that lasts forever. We have expectations, whether they be conscious or unconscious, about names. And when you see a particular name, there is something that comes along with it. There is an expectation if you see the name Lexus somewhere, amen? If you see the name BMW somewhere, you have an expectation of the name. Just like if you saw the name Pinto somewhere. There are expectations that come with a name. A name means something to us. There are songs that have names that all you have to do is say the name. And it evokes the emotions from that time and the period of when the song came out. Names are important to us. Whether they be good or bad, Mm -hmm. some would argue that all we really have is our name. Things, material things come and go. Money comes and goes. But your name is the only thing you really have that you can call your own. I was thinking about this when I looked at the text because Moses was trying to protect his name. Uh, Not in the part that we had in the reading, but Moses was essentially in what you would call a witness protection program. Uh, For those who uh, need a little refresher course on the the text, when we look at uh, uh, the book of Exodus, the people of God were being oppressed. And somebody decided to oppress them even more, and they decided that they were going to kill all of the male children. When they were born, because if the men were to rise up, if the men were to get too, uh, the population were to get too strong, they would no longer be standing for this oppression. And so they decided to kill the men, and they sent out these midwives to kill the young boys when they were being born, but the boys still would survive. Uh, And the midwives would say, oh, these Israelite children, our women are strong. They give birth before the midwife can even get here. So we haven't had a chance to kill the boys. And so we had somebody that was born and ended up, he was, uh, once he was born, they could no longer keep him in the house. Uh, So they put him in an ark, if you will. Uh, We've talked about an ark before. It's uh, a box that when... The contents inside the box are going to save the people. Uh, You have Moses being put in an ark of sorts. You have Noah being put in an ark of sorts. You have uh, this baby by the name of Jesus in a manger sort of put in a box that's going to save the people. And so he ends up floating down the river and gets caught up by, uh, by Pharaoh's wife. and, And he ends up growing up in Pharaoh's house. 
living like a king. But he sees some of his people getting oppressed. And he does not like the way the particular taskmaster is beating on this Israelite slave. And as the young folks would say, Moses went down there and gave him the hands. But he gave him the hands so well that he died. And so Moses had to escape Egypt and ended up with the person that would soon become his father-in-law, Jethro, out there in witness protection. See, the funny thing about witness protection is they change your name. When you don't want to be found by the people, you change your name. You don't go by your original name. And so Moses is out here as far as he is away from the people trying to take care of things, minding his own business. He's, he's killed this Egyptian in a, in a fit of anger. But now he's married and with child and he spends another 40 years in, in Midian before he is met with some mystery. Let the church say mystery. mystery. Uh, Moses was minding his own business. And something out of the ordinary came to him. He was minding his own business and something traumatic happened. Uh, He was minding his own business and something was set in motion that would change not only his life, but all of the people around him. Minding his own business and it came to him. Uh, Moses was taking care of the flock of his father-in-law. And some translations in the Hebrew say he was really out past beyond. He was further out than he would normally have been. He was further out than he would normally take this flock to graze. And when he went further out than he normally goes, he met something that was going to take him even further. Uh, Minding his own business. Sometimes these troubles and and these great things that come in life come when we are minding our own business. I could argue today that we would have thought last Sunday we were minding our own business. I was minding my own business. I thought that Harvey was weak. I thought that Harvey could not bring it. I slept through Friday night, came up here Saturday, looked around. It was nothing but a couple of trees in the parking lot. So I pulled them out so people could park and come to church on Sunday. I thought it was going to be business as usual. But oh, was I wrong. It definitely was not business as usual. And I can assume that Moses thought it was going to be business as usual until he got to this place, right at this mountain. Uh, He he got to this place and and things were not going the way they would have gone for him. And he he, he was out here with a different upbringing, a, a, a different thing. He had lost what he had. I can imagine having some resources living in Pharaoh's house, being treated just like you are the son of the king. I can imagine having those resources and all of that is gone and you go from living like a king to living like a shepherd. These things happen and he lost his status and he's tending to the sheep, still trying to make some way out of everyday life. And then he sees a bush burning but not being consumed by the flame. Ah, see, when God appears, there's going to be some visible things that happen, and there are going to be some invisible things that happen. 
There are some visible things that you can see that are going on, and then there are going to be some things behind the scenes that you will not see until it's time for it to be revealed. There's the visible element. You have this burning bush. Amen. There's a burning bush that is not being uh, consumed. And I thought about this when I saw it, and this this burning bush was going on, and Moses went to see about the burning bush. Uh, But it was interesting. Uh, In the text, it says that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of the fire from within the bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire. It did not burn up. So Moses thought, I would go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. He didn't say nothing about the angel. Moses was rubbernecking. Moses saw this burning bush that was not burning up, and he's like, I'm going to go check out the spectacle. I am going to check out what's going on. And even though he was going to check out what was going on, he was being checked out in his own self. He was getting, a, he was getting about to get a mission and a message that was going to go forth. And so we have these invisible, this visible element, this thing going on, this burning bush that was visible. But the, the, the invisible part of it is when he got over there, there was a voice from the Lord. Uh, there was a voice from the Lord, and the voice was commanding. The voice was authoritative. The voice was there to tell him what to do. The voice was there to tell him how to move forward. The voice was there to tell him how to press on in these troublesome times. And Moses hid his face. Uh, I like that he says he hid his face. Uh, because even though Moses hid his face, God was still there. And so we may be hiding our face or our face may be blocked by some debris. Our face may be blocked by something else. But even though our face is blocked, even though we can't see what's going on, even though we may not be able to see God and what's going on, God is still there. Uh, They used to say you got to be willing to trust God when you can't trace God. And that's what happened. And so even though Moses' faith was hidden from God, God was still there. And so even though it may seem like during these trials and tribulations that God is not there, God is still there. God is still on the throne. God is still there to let us know that weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. God is still there to know that we've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is seed begging bread. God is still there to let us know that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Even though we can't see him, he's still there. And God says that he's seen the sufferings. He has heard the cries. And he is here to take them to the promised land. You may think that nobody else knows what's going on. That may be by choice because you decided not to put people in your business. That may be by force because some people really don't care what's going on outside of their own household. But that does not matter. What matters is that God has seen your suffering. God has heard your cries. And eventually God will deliver you to the promised land. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. 
and pitied every groan. As long as I live and troubles rise, I will hasten to his throne. We just got to be willing to cry out. We just got to be willing to ask. We just got to be willing to go to the Father with much prayer and much supplication. And he will deliver us out of our troubles. God heard Moses' cry. God heard the people of God's cry. And he came to deliver them. If when he, and when we, got, when we got to that part, he told them to take his shoes off. Because this was holy ground. He gave them, the, we had the mystery and he's about to give them a message. But if the thing that I liked about the text is that uh, if we spend enough time talking to God... Eventually, God is going to tell us to do something. Amen. If you spend enough time talking to the Father, God will give you something to do. And he was going to give Moses something to do. And when that happens, we may find ourselves further out than we originally planned. But if God be for us, who can be against us? Uh, They say that God does not call the qualified, but God qualifies the called. Uh, It doesn't say anything about Moses going off to get a bunch of certifications. Didn't say anything about how much money Moses had. It didn't say anything about Moses' background. It didn't say anything about it. He picked Moses to lead the people. And not only was Moses going to do great things, but so were the other people of God that followed behind him. It didn't say anything about qualifications, though. Nothing about qualifications. So that way, because if we were to lean on our qualifications, we could think that we'd be able to do this ourselves. If we were to lean on our own qualifications, our vision may not be big enough for what God may have in store for us. Uh, we just got finished singing that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or imagine. So that means he takes, he's going to take these things that are in us and take us and make us work for the good. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he says, well, I, I, I hear what you're saying, God. I, I, he took his shoes off, willing act of submission we spend enough time talking to God God is going to ask us to do something and we spend enough time talking to God and God asks us to do something we ought to do it Uh, and and so then he says I'm going to do it I'm I'm going to do it Uh, but who should I tell them is sending me Uh, and he says he says first he lets him know that he's the God of your father the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that speaks in worlds of form, the God that is not a man, but he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall see cause to prevent, the God that was there in the beginning and spoke and said, let there be light, the God that was in the beginning and the word was with God. He said that he was the God of their father, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and if he delivered them, he would be able to deliver you. 
And, and then he, he says that he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's the most ancient deity worshipped by the Hebrew people. Some people called him El Elyon. Some people called him Jehovah Jireh. Some people called him Jehovah Nisi. Some people called him Jehovah Sikhanu. Some people called him Elohim. Some people called him Yahweh. This is the God that was there. This was the name that he was to bring to them so that when they got into it and when they understood what was going on, they had some name brand recognition behind the person that was bringing them. And I like that he said that. He told them to go get his people. Go get his people and he was going to deliver them out of this bondage. He was going to deliver them out of this suffering. He was going to deliver them out of this trial. But then he says, I am that I am. And I like that that is the I am that I am. Because when you get into it, some people who are really smarter than me, uh, these Hebrew scholars talk about this whole I am that I am thing. And they say it's literally the verb to be. Uh, some translations say, I will be what I will be, in some, and, and I am who I am. And, and there's one scholar that talks about the fact that this has no time on it. Uh, when they say that I am uh, that I am, it's both past, present, and future. The I am that I am is in all of these tenses, so he was there at the beginning. Uh, he's there during your trial, and he's going to be there in the end to send you out. That I am that I am, that name means that he's the one who was and is and is to come. That I am that I am means that there is no time limit on what he's doing. He can do it in the past, he can do it right now, and he will do it again. There is no, no, no limit on it and it is literally the verb when they talk about the Yahweh it says that I am but I am is literally existence so who is coming to help me all of existence who is coming to deliver me out of this problem all of existence Schubert Ogden called God the, the sum total the whole inclusive of all reality everything he taught, he's literally the existence the I am that I am that's who's coming to save so when, when, when Moses has to go to Pharaoh and it's time to tell him let my people go and they're asking by whose authority are you doing it it's the I am that I am literally all of existence when he goes to the people of God and it's time to lead the people of God and is asking well who sent you who put you in charge the I am that I am put me in charge and led through the existence. The, 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 this is the same I am that I am that we can take with us to the insurance claims adjuster. This is the same I am that I am that we can take to our banks. This is the same I am that I am that we can take to FEMA. This is the same I am that I am that we can take to our jobs. This is the same I am that I am that we can take to school. This is the same I am that I am that we can take to our family members. This is the same I am that I am that we can take to our friends. We can take that because we got a name that last forever. This is the same God that delivered Abraham. This is the same God that delivered Isaac. This is the same God that delivered Jacob. This is the same God that delivered Daniel in the lion's den. The same God that was with the Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is the same God that delivered them. This is a wheel in the middle of the wheel. This is the way maker. This is the heart fixer. This is the mind regulator. This is the one who brought this Jesus down. This is the same one. This is the same I am that I am that is going to deliver us no matter what's going on. And this flood that happened, this trial that we're dealing with, I've been seeing some bad theology out there. There's some bad theology trying to say that this is judgment. This is punishment. 
for what we've been going on wrong. This We didn't pray hard enough. That's why it happened. We didn't fast hard enough. That's why it happened. This is punishment for our sin. Well, I stopped by to tell you this morning that it is not punishment for our sin. This is not judgment for anything that we've done wrong. This is our judgment was taken care of over 2,000 years ago on the cross on a hill called Calvary, a.k.a. Golgotha, a.k.a. the place of the skull. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head, and then he died. That is where our judgment was taken care of. This is something that we are going to go past. This is only a test, and we'll be able to turn it into a testimony. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come.